Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Authentic You Radio, and thank you for joining us today on Living Astrology, where we are tapping into the magic of the cosmos for practical guidance and wisdom with your host, Janet Hickox, intuitive astrologer and numerologer. everybody and welcome to Living Astrology. Um, this is a beautiful day in the Pacific Northwest, bright and sunshiny, and autumn is in full swing here. I don't know where you are in the country, but I know here the leaves are turning colors. There's a crispness to the air. Um, it is just, uh, it's one of those days that just makes my heart just swell. So I hope wherever you are, you are having a beautiful day. And uh, today I am so thrilled because my guest, who's been on my show a couple of other times, is Laura Walker from theoraclereport.com. And she and I are going to be having a discussion today about the parts of our chart where we can identify things that may stop us from moving forward. Uh, For example, Lilith, uh, also called the Black Moon, who represents our shadow, and Eris, uh, whom um, she's at least a goddess of discord, if nothing else. So we'll have a a discussion on what she shows us. And then we're also going to be talking about Chiron, which in our chart shows us the wound that we are carrying. And uh, we'll talk about how maybe the three of these things work together to, to create roadblocks or stopping points in our lives or where we're challenged to, to move beyond the things that have traditionally kept us down. Um, before we get going, though, let me tell you a little bit about Laura. She is the author of Eris, Archetype of Shadows, Crisis, and Awakening at the Completion of the Mayan Calendar, which chronicles her journey through the desert to discover the nature of the planet that changed the solar system. And she's also the author of The Astrology of the Black Moon, Guide to Healing the Shadow Side, which reveals the powerful transits of the death and rebirth cycle governed by the planet the ancients called Tiamat the planet between Mars and Jupiter, whose shattered remains are now called the asteroid belt. Laura hosts oraclereport.com, where her books are available for free download, and where she posts a daily energetic analysis, which I read every day because I want to know what's going on. Her other site, the mahavidyaproject.com, is dedicated to exploring the personal teachings of the Mahavidyas, wisdom goddesses of prehistoric India. Please help me welcome Laura Walker. Yay, Laura. Well, thank you, Janet. I'm so happy to be back with you again. And it was a beautiful day here where I am outside of Washington, D.C. And and I love this time of year. I think the sun in Libra is just gorgeous. There is just something about the light, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was remarking about that to my son saying, you know, I really enjoy the light this time of year. I don't know, maybe because of the angle it's coming into the earth. I don't know. But uh, I am so glad to have you here today. Yes, me too. And you know, these the the um, the astrological bodies that we'll be talking about these three bodies: Chiron, the Black Moon, and Eris. They tend to be, um, I guess, astrologers really <laughs> consider them to be kind of dark or you know difficult or painful, and sometimes you know something to avoid or not really look at. But really what they all have in common, and at least from the way I approach it, my perspective with them, because I work a lot with with these bodies, these planetary bodies, it's it's really about healing. That's really what they all have in common. Yes, there is that the part of it that is painful with all three of them, but really it's about healing. And with Chiron being the wounded healer, a lot of times the focus is on the wound, but the wound really carries the um, the healing part with it, in with inside of it actually. 
And the black moon is really about rebirth, which is a healing and a new, you know, a new birth of um, of experience of life, actually. So I, I always try to, um, I guess, spend a little bit of light on the dark topics of these three astrological bodies because it, there's, it's really much more complex than that. Well, absolutely, and I and I love that uh, there there's people out there doing this work because um, once you shine the light on something that's a, a dark uh, place within us or a place that's hidden, uh, then it can no longer go back and hide the same way it had been. So it, it's really, um, I think it's really good work that we do when we bring this stuff to the light and yeah, allow absolutely. people to see. Yeah, this has been. Um, uh, you know your your work is has just uh, affected me so much i mean i uh, use it in almost every reading i do uh with people and it's amazing to me how it's like about split 50-50 like half of them just totally did not see the yeah. uh shadow operating in their lives until you bring it to the light and say something to them about it and the other people readily identify with it it's just crazy well, it is, and oftentimes it takes um, a person's friends or loved ones to kind of help them see, yeah, this might kind of be the case, because it is so unconscious, and that is really one of the the important parts about these um, these parts of these bodies is there's a lot of power trapped, our personal power, our personal energetic resources are is trapped in the shadow side or anything that's you know un, unenlightened. Meaning, if it was just if it was about Chiron, it was only the wound and not the healing. Um, you know, the black moon always has two sides. It has death and rebirth. It has light and dark. But if we want to remain unconscious of those things and hidden, a lot of the, our personal power is going to get trapped over there. And when we start to look at it and integrate it and make friends with it and bring it back as part of ourselves, then one of the consequences or the results of that is is just increased um, energy, personal energy. Right, and and it's like accepting yourself in a way that you might not have even thought possible. Um, loving the dark and the light, as in it makes us whole. Right, that's the whole thing that I look at when I'm working with someone is what makes them whole. And uh, as we were talking about astrology and Chiron, you know, he's, I guess, relatively speaking, new to the pantheon of planets. I mean, he it was discovered in 1977, right. and has come to be associated with our core wounding and kind of the healing of that wound throughout um, our our lives. And it's also an indicator of where we have problems that tend to keep recurring in one form or another, you know, throughout the life, sort of like it's that, uh, it sort of does remind me of the shadow that's kind of, kind of mm-hmm. behind us, but not really um, something we see very clearly. And, and once we discover the wound, uh, we can really enact the healing that it takes to move beyond that. And then what I find for people is that they're often really much more able to help others who have a similar wound as they come and get awakened to that wound in their in their own lives. And up until that point, it tends to be a place where they can do better things or, or do things better for other people than what they can for themselves. Well, I I absolutely agree with that because it is the wounded healer and anyone with that has a a big Chiron transit or a lot of Chiron energy in their chart usually um, is going to be healing or teaching in some way. And that means, you know, as far as transformation of the collective, you know, not necessarily just people practicing the healing arts, but you can't, with Chiron, you have to experience it and go through the healing process before you can really heal anyone else from it. It's experiential. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, in some ways, you know, uh, Chiron has come to be sort of the uh, archetype of the wounded healer and has a representation of the alternative medicines that we use now. And I know that I had um, I had attended a, I think it was just a, a mini workshop one time uh, as, as Chiron was moving into Pisces. Mm-hmm. And uh, the astrologer was talking about how uh, the effect of Chiron in Pisces was going to really increase the alternative forms of medicine, um, more natural healing and, you know, natural foods and all that kind of, uh, 
of uh, ways of working with the human body that were different or maybe, you know, the older ways, you know, coming back to be new. And we've certainly seen that. And it's been facilitated by Neptune in Pisces because Neptune is the spiritual connection. And so anything that is more in line with nature or holistic is going to be, is going to benefit from, you know, their journey together. Yeah, and they were together for the longest time, and they still, yes. you know, not separated too far, uh, but for the longest time they were in lockstep with each other. So, um, you know, it was like they were cementing in to play uh, the energies that they both represent in terms of healing and, and the natural energies and so forth that are out there. Yes, absolutely. So, so now talk to us about Eris and uh, uh, Lilith and how what they represent in this and how maybe they relate to... Chiron uh, in in someone's chart. Right. So the black moon or the black moon Lilith in a chart, it rules our shadow side. Um, But the dark and the light do coexist. So there are are always two sides with the black moon. It embodies Mm. the process of death and rebirth. So there's never one without the other. And there's never a light without the dark. Um, And this is why the black moon and Eris kind of work hand in hand. They kind of point to each other. They're really very much the same energy. Um, One just you can look at more personally and one you can look at it more more generally or more on the macro level. And the macro level would be Eris and the micro level or the individual level would be more like the black moon. But they're very, very similar. So they work together that way. Um, the, the transits, when the black moon is uh, transiting uh, through a chart, um, it's, it's a face-to-face encounter with the shadow side in different ways. And it only comes to us, we only come to understand our shadow when we're ready for that. And it's, you know, it's not a conversation that you, um, you know, that you can take lightly. And so, you know, superficially we'll just talk today with people because you can go very, very deeply into it and doesn't need, nothing about the black moon should be handled superficially. So we'll, you know, we'll just kind of point to things in the chart, but everyone should really understand that to really properly look at it, it would take, you know, a little more time than what we'll have today. That said, um, um, it brings what was previously unconscious into consciousness, and it's about our core fear, whereas the, as Chiron is, is the core wound, the black moon is the core fear. All of the core fears are rooted in, in one fear, which is the fear of being separated from spirit. That's our core wounding, our core fear, Chiron, black moon, everything. And the black moon mm-hmm. and Chiron yeah. both show us how um, we, are, we block ourselves or we undermine ourselves or what's our downfall or what impedes our self-actualization. So this is really important information if you're really trying to actualize who you are and you know follow your purpose and mission and get on aligned with that if you need to know at some point in that journey what those dark parts are what the wound is what the shadow side is um and then we take it on board and integrate it and make friends with it and and work with it and make conscious choices and decisions not just reactions based on instinct or based on fear or or um the fear of pain you know of of being wounded we can start kind of overriding our natural responses and gain you know a lot of insight into ourselves yeah i think what we really gain in all of this is uh, our consciousness right where we can actually choose um, from free will as opposed to having uh, sort of a knee-jerk reaction uh, to how we're going to respond to the different things that go on in our lives. And uh, discernment, that's another word that comes up with me when I think about uh, the wound and the shadow is that we, if we're aware, then we have um, the ability, the time, the space from which we can react to something. Otherwise, you know, we're just reacting from a subconscious level. Yes, and, and, you know, the natural frequencies of the energy that is present based on the astrology of the day. The day. So if you kind of understand those parameters and then you understand yourself personally and what you're likely to respond to and when that might happen more often, you know, this, this to me is the real purpose and the real power of astrology. It isn't that it's predetermined and it's written right there. It's like this is what the imprint is. This is the way it was when you were born, and this is what – where you can take it and how you can develop yourself so it can give you that blueprint too. And it's really, you know, I think a case could be argued that you really can't, 
you know, ascend consciousness until you deal with these parts of consciousness. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Bring them all in. You know, you've got to bring it yeah. all in. And, and that's the most wonderful part of this is that it's, you know, this process of enlightening people so that they can move through, you know, what people call ascension and, and that type of thing, moving moving up ahead, evolving. And, you know, I want to get your take on this because, you know, right now Lilith is moving through cancer. And from now until the, what, first, I think, week, through the first week of October, we have a cardinal T-square lining up with Uranus and Aries at one end, the Sun in Libra at the other, Pluto and Capricorn, um, you know, basing the uh, corner of this, and then that leaves that empty spot over there in Cancer. And um, it, it's kind of like the shadow might be getting enacted here over the next week or two. Has that been something that, you know, you've been watching happen or been anticipating that was going to happen? Yes. Actually, I've pinpointed a few dates, a few windows during October. It it really is amazing to look at that chart of of the new moon that we're approaching and and the the cardinal points of that. And, you know, what that means is it's a hinge, it's a shift point. And that's what we're seeing with the world and the way things are going. Every time we had a new moon in a cardinal sign, and so that would be Aries, Cancer, um, Libra and Capricorn, we have a dramatic shift. We're coming off the ener- an energy of probably, I think, the, one of the greatest things to happen in human history. I think it, we'll look back in this time, this whole year. But this last, um, the full moon we just had, the, the new moon in Virgo leading up to the full moon, the harvest moon, so much happened about that. Um, that I'd love to talk about at length, but it's, you know, it's a different <laughs> subject, but it isn't because you're exactly right. The, the shadow energy, the Eris black moon energy is, will be enacted with, with this, it would anyway, because it's a Libra new moon and Libra new moon is ruled, Libra is ruled by Eris. And when we have all these other planets involved here, it's, it's massive. I mean, it's even hard to describe how important this is. Whoa, 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 go back for a second. You just said something really interesting, and I want to I talk about that for a second because you just said that Libra is ruled by Eris. In my is opinion, that, uh, yeah. You, in your opinion. Tell us more about that because we always think uh, astrologers, you know, as normal um, everyday astrologers, which I'm really not <laughs> because I really <laughs> enjoy the, these new ideas and these new concepts. Um, you know, we think of Venus as being the uh, representation of Libra. So Eris in your estimation. And is that because yeah. that's where she was discovered when when we found her in 2005? She was in Libra? Or no, she was in Aries. She was in Aries, right. Um, it is, it's, it's the nature of the energy. It is, if you could think of Aries, Aries and Venus are sisters. And Venus is the lighter, um, let's call lower octave. And then when you come to um, Eris with it, it's a it's a higher octave energy, and I don't mean that in a hierarchical term. I'm, I mean in a, in a right. fuller term, you know, in a more mature mm-hmm. term. But um, you know, because sev- signs have you know initial rulers and then you know another ruler after that. You can say that it you know it's it's a co rulership. But to me, you know, I spent a long time studying, researching the planet Eris. That was my first book. That was about how that all mm-hmm. evolved. And it's quintessentially Libra. Yeah, when Venus is Taurus and and Eris is Libra f- for me, and that's the way I use it. I also use Chiron ruling Virgo. I do that too. I do do that because it seems um, it just seems to fit fit mm-hmm. really well, actually. So I may start looking at Eris as the ruler of Libra and see how that plays out in a chart too. I like that. Yes. Thank yes. you. <laughs> sure. Um, now, you know, uh, several people sent me their charts today and um, or sent me their birth information so that we could look at their charts. And so I want to be able to take a couple of them, and then I want to get into the new moon uh, and see if we can't talk a little bit more about that. I haven't pulled a chart for that yet, so I'm going to go with what, you know, you're seeing in that. Okay. Um, but I do have someone that I really would love for you to talk to because I thought her chart was – it to me it looked fantastic. And uh, uh. her name is Cindy. And, uh, Jeff, if you can bring Cindy on for me, and let's take a look at her chart. Hi there. Cindy? Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? I am well, thanks. Thank you so much for remembering that I wanted to talk to you today, or I wanted to have you talk to to Laura today. And uh, I know I sent you your chart. I know you probably looked at it and went, I don't know what I'm looking at, but 
Uh, I also sent your chart to Laura, so I'm hoping that um, we can get some really good information on, on what your chart looks like, okay? Yes. And Laura, the reason why I thought hers was so fantastic was because the Aries point, which is 22 Aries, is where her destiny is sitting. And then not too far behind that is her natal black moon and natal heiress in a conjunction with that black moon. So can you yes. tell us what all that means for her? <laughs> what this means, <laughs> what this means <laughs> Cindy, what this mean? is that... Yeah, you're basically what we would, you embody the archetypal energy of Eris. So let's talk a little bit about Eris since I haven't done that yet. So Eris is one name for a goddess that has many names, including Isis and Inanna and Xena the warrior princess even, um, and Eris Kegel from Sumerian. And what this Basically, it, the energy of Eris is unified feminine energy. You know, many times the um, the you know the face of the goddess is split into many different faces. Well, this is really a unified um, mother, complete whole energy, the, the Eris energy, and she's she's associated with the battlefield. She is a battle goddess. Um, the Astronomical Association named her Eris because it's she, the Eris in, is the goddess of strife. But they always forget the other part. And as I mentioned, you know, two sides, the Black Moon and Eris are are the similar in that there are two sides to that. There is the side of um, not just chaos and strife, but reward and what comes after that. So you can see the similarities there between the black moon being the cycle of death and rebirth. Eris is strife and reward. So anytime we we have transits or if we have energy, like you do in your chart, that indicates a lot of Eris and black moon, what that means is the cycle of death and rebirth, that process, is a theme in your life. You go. You've been probably through many experience where, experiences where your life changed very much, or you changed a lot, because it's a continual regeneration uh, of your energy and of who you are. The fact that you have the North Node at 22 Aries—that's the Aries point. So in, that was the point where Aries was discovered um, with human eyes. That's the way I go about it. And the North Node is your destiny and where you're following in life. And so having that and then a, a black moon heiress conjunction all together there, it means you're carrying this this energy. It's mother energy. It's feminine. It's um, nurturing, but it's also fierce in that it's a mother protector energy. Uh, does that sound at all familiar to you or resonate? Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, you know, anytime the the libra of a new moons come around that's probably you know a time of year that's very important for you and a lot of deep processing is going on you um are going to have the black moon come up to conjunct your sun and that'll be um i just got your chart a little bit ago so i can't it'll be in like let's see three degrees five in about two months so that when the transiting black moon hits your sun it um, basically is a death and rebirth process of whatever planet it's touching. It's touching, mm-hmm. touching your sun in this case, so that's going to be a complete um, regeneration of, of you, your identity, how you think about yourself possibly and how you look. You also, Your sun squares the heiress point, your sun in cancer, so that just hits it again. Um, this... You know, it's a difficult transit um, only when we fight it. You know, we have to surrender under a black moon transit. There's no other option with that. Because the black moon works on unconscious levels, it takes us down into the underworld and into the unconscious. So we get really tired and we want to sleep a lot more. And it's important to just kind of surrender to that and do it because this is an, you know, astrology is energetics. It's harmonics. It's electromagnetics. And that's working on all the fields of your body anytime you have transits. But when the black moon transits your sun, it takes your, your energy, your life force, and also your your processes of your life and how you think about yourself, and it's bringing up a transformation. You rebirth yourself, and so imagine being in labor, you know, for a month, 
to rebirth yourself. If you can think about it that way, it's easier. And remember always that you come out better on the other side. This is the great, um, beautiful thing about the transits of the Black Moon and Chiron and Eris. They bring about a, a healing, a rebirth, and they always bring something better than, than what you had. So I always want to point that out. It doesn't feel like that when it's happening, but it is really that. Well, that's all true. I mean, I've experienced this before, and I have never been able to explain it. So this is wonderful. Well, your black exactly moon is what in, you're talking about. Your black moon is in Aries. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the sha- that's um, the shadow that deals with your sense of, um, worth, worthiness, self-esteem. Um, you know, it can. It's just a. It's an assault, really, on our ego. And the fact that your sun is is conjunct the uh, or is squaring your north node there, that probably has made it difficult for you to kind of move forward and and trust yourself and your capability and that your decision making was was in line. That's probably a little harder for you. Well, I, I yeah, and her Chiron is in the second house. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, your Chiron is also in the second house, which is the house of self-worth and your values, valuing yourself. So the right. wound and that you're naturally carrying is there. Yes, and the Sagittarius energy, when the Chiron is with Sagittarius energy, the wounding there um, oftentimes it's just you keep searching and searching and searching with, for whatever to make yourself feel better. Sagittarius can go to the nth degree with things. And so um, that can make you a little crazy if you keep searching for something that, um, you know, you're trying to fill up with that that painful part. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting because I've been studying astrology and human design and, and things of that nature to help me understand who I am. Well, yeah, that that that's... This that's what astrology is really all about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, understanding. You know, uh, I Laura, understand it. Also, her her Lilith is probably her, the transiting Lilith. I'm not sure how fast it will get to 20 degrees of Cancer, but when Jupiter, which is just in front of Lilith right now, um, hits 20 degrees, uh, which will be her Sun degree, it's going to retrograde. So. Um, She's going to have sort of a long-term, the sun and Jupiter connection starts a whole new 12-year cycle of growth and expansion. But the fact that uh, Jupiter will will go retrograde at that degree says there's a lot of more internal uh, changes going on for her as uh, Lilith comes into this point as well. So, yes, because interesting Jupiter, Jupiter hit that and expanded it all. It's, it's going to come back, and then the black moon will be there about the same time. So, yeah, that you're in for... Um, uh, a lot is going to open up for you, and your mind is going to open up, which is the best thing of all. Oh, terrific. Oh, and I just realized her natal Jupiter is across from it at 28 Capricorn. So definitely right. definitely a big opening coming here for her, for you, um, Cindy. So is, is this all going to happen when it actually, when all of this stuff hits the midheaven, or after we go through I mean, the review of It'll actually occur before Jupiter. it hits the midheaven. Oh, yeah, before, your, uh, yes. your sun is about five degrees shy, six degrees shy of the uh, midheaven. But you can see that you know there are some really key changes going on here for you internally and spiritually because that ninth house really, really has a, uh, a rulership over spirit and your beliefs and uh, who you really think you are. And so before it moves over the midheaven and then begins to show up in the world, you're going to be uh, rearranging who you are in the world first, right? You rearrange you, and then it shows up outer uh, in the world as you get beyond um, probably next March, April. So yeah, and that makes sense. If Lilith and, is, in mm-hmm. that, is in my sixth house, does that tell you what type of work I should be doing in my natal chart? Um, yes, you, you, it does. Um, but it would it would usually tell you something that you hadn't thought of or something that you've um, undermined yourself from from attaining or achieving. Um, the, really, the month for you, November is going to be this coming November. This that'll be the the main transformational um, thrust of of this because that's when the Black Moon will go right over your. Um, your son. Is there a career that you've been thinking about or something specific in mind? 
Well, there's a lot of things going on in November, from you know an actual move to another location. Um, to um, ah. I'm a jewelry artist, and I've kind of put that on the back burner a little bit. And so I'm thinking that maybe new energy will be put into that when uh, I move to the next to a new location. Well, yeah, absolutely. One of the things about Eris, um, you know, ruling Libra, it's all about beauty and creation of beauty. It's usually oh. um, anyone with strong Eris ha- either is inclined artistically towards music, writing, um, or or anything beautiful that people would wear. Oh, interesting, yes. Yeah. <laughs> very interesting, Cindy. Very interesting. I, See, you're, I knew you're there was a reason my question about what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, well, with with this transit with Jupiter going over that, you know, um, careers seem to fall into place when Jupiter crosses your sun. So I, I think that you'll be yes. just fine with that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that yeah, sounds but, exciting. Uh, again, because it's going to it's going to climb all the way to your sun, and then it, it will go retrograde, meaning you know moving away from that degree uh, mm-hmm. until we get into um, you know the spring, and then you'll start to see changes as Jupiter again goes beyond uh, the sun in your chart. So it, it should be an exciting 2014 out of to line up for you to be a really kind of exciting year, I think. So when it retrogrades, when it hits my sun sign, will I sort of get a hint of what it's going to be, and then it will retrograde, and I end up reviewing it? Is that the way it works? It works it a little differently for everybody, but that's basically, okay. you know, that's that's kind of it. You'll start to notice that things are changing on the inner planes for you. Okay. And so the inner um, plane. You, yeah, and you actually have Jupiter retrograde in your natal chart. So um, to me, that when Jupiter is in retrograde motion, that's when you're growing the fastest or when things oh, seem to be expanding the fastest as opposed to someone whose Jupiter is in direct motion. Um, uh-huh. When it went retrograde, they, things would seem to disappear into themselves or, you know, they may disappear into themselves. So it will be interesting to see, you know, how this plays out for you. I'm sure we'll talk to you again Yeah, uh, as and we I move just... into the spring. Yeah, Cindy, just a couple of things, too. Um, you know, the move is, the move is indicated in your chart by Uranus on your black moon, conjunct your black moon. It's already past that. It's retrograde oh. right now. But what that means is um, people oftentimes move with that. But Uranus puts you where you need to be. So you're getting, you're positioning exactly where, you know, the universe would want you to go. And the thing that you need to just be careful of with the black moon there is don't doubt yourself. You know, look at your value and your worth and, you know, any insecurities that you have, like, with that. Understand that's a core fear. You have the core fear of of being worthless and not worthy. And so when you work with that and know what that little piece in your mind, that little shadow in your mind, what that is... Understand that that's something outside of yourself that needs to be integrated, and it doesn't have any um, power over you, and you can move right. through it a little easier. Right. Oh, that's very terrific. good. Nice. This is wonderful information. <laughs> I love right, it. Well, thank you so much for calling in today. I really appreciate that. And, um, you know, keep us posted on what's going on, right? We'll I will. Hear. Thanks so much. Thanks for calling, You're very Cindy. welcome. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that is such wonderful information because um, I just actually, while uh, I, we were waiting for her to finish with you, I was looking at the chart for the new moon. Yeah. So that when we when we get to that discussion that, you know, you and I are on the same page, although I bet you set your chart for the East Coast. I set mine for the West. For the West. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, I do well, have that no. problem. <laughs> and with my uh, daily yeah. report, it's the same thing. I know, and it's amazing how different it can be. But, you know, we are a huge country, so it's not yeah. unbelievable to me that things would be different for both coasts. Right. Um, so uh, we have a um, – I don't see Cheryl yet, uh, unless, Cheryl, are you out there? You are my next caller. And if not Cheryl, then Sean. Hello, Sean or Cheryl? Hi, this is Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you today? Hi. I'm good. Hi, Sean. Thank you. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Well, I've got a little bit of a headache, but otherwise I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I do have your chart here, Sean, and um, let's talk about Chiron first. So you just have just completed um, what we call the Chiron return. So Chiron uh, came back to the place it was in the sky on the day you were born. It's the first time it's come around. It takes that that many years to get around, Sean. Um, wow. So that's a full cycle of of a journey of wounding and healing. Your uh, Chiron, which is the wound and the healing, is in Pisces and it's conjunct Jupiter. Jupiter expands everything that it touches, so that that means that your wound is much more pronounced than it is for most people. It's um, exaggerated. The when someone has Chiron in Pisces, the themes involved with that are always related to um, a spiritual wounding and a um, challenge with trusting in spirit and trusting that one is safe and taken care of. And it also brings up themes of victimization, which can be very prominent in life. Chiron also, um, we didn't talk about this, but oftentimes the wound is from childhood. And so the inner child is identified through Chiron. Um, And you finished this this transit pretty much, but it's, um, you know, it's just bigger for you. And it says that this has been, a, you know, a, a bigger healing journey for you. You also have um, Chiron, your Chiron and Jupiter. They, You have those planets there in Pisces, and then opposite on the other side, you have a lot of planets in Virgo. And so these have kind of been playing off of that. Um, and your moon and, and Pluto are together there in Virgo, um, opposite the Chiron and the Jupiter. And so there are certain things about childhood that you can look at with that. Um, and it could be related to your mom. You know, the wounding could be surrounding that. But um, the healing part of of the Chiron, and Chiron in Pisces I think is kind of lucky because Pisces is the science spirit, what we generally as astrologers associate, in some fashion anyway, Um Really, you know, it's it's a a wounding of feeling separated from that or not a part of of a spirit or having um, some maybe some fears or anger. It's really the the easiest sign to really capture that and to and to rectify it because Pisces is very close to spirit. You, um, yeah. Did you have anything to add about the Chiron, Janet? Are you there? Are you still there, Sean? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I don't know if we lost Janet. I'll go ahead. Um, and we'll we'll talk about your your Black Moon, since okay. that's the th- the themes we're talking about tonight. So you have the Black Moon in Libra, also very close to or opposing what we call the Aries point that I just talked about, and that so that means that you have very strong um, Black Moon Aries energy to you. And you also have the black moon conjunct Cupid. So that Cupid, like as in Cupid's arrow, probably um, we we would have to have a longer discussion about romance and love, Sean. That would be not what we would Uh, want to talk about on the Internet. But uh, that would definitely be something we would talk about. The black moon in Aries is the shadow of perfection. And so... Anyone with black moon, I'm sorry, in Libra, I think I said Aries, you have the black moon in Libra, and it can um, drive us to to want things to look or to appear very together or perfect or um, organized, matched, you know, whatever one thinks of as successful or positive. And sometimes that can be difficult because that takes a lot of time and energy to chase keeping things looking or appearing or seeming that way. Um and so that that's energy that could be used for other things. And anyone with the black moon in Libra, um, to heal the shadow side, we take a look at um, what we think um, we have to be perfect with. What are, what do we think of as the ideal, and is that realistic? Because um, that's you know can be just a, a goose chase, a wild goose chase to to make perfection. Perfection is you know 
a matter of perspective. You know, you could say perfection doesn't exist in nature, but is it absolutely everything in nature is perfect? So this is about this with the shadow side with with the black moon. It's about balancing those sides of yourself. Um, how, what do you think about that? Yeah, that's resonating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because I I do tend to be a perfectionist. Yeah, and so yeah. can you hear me, ladies? I'm I'm back. Yes, we can hear you. Yay! I just wanted to throw Hi. in before we we left the whole idea of the the Chiron and Jupiter conjunction in the twelfth house and all the planets on the other side with Virgo, is that those are the actual houses that that those signs rule, and yes. so that the, the whole idea of victim energy and and even the martyr energy is very strong here. Um, are you a healer by chance uh, yourself, Sean? Yes, yes, I am. I was just curious because this kind of really puts you in a position of being very aware uh, from a body standpoint of what's going on with people, uh, energetically even. So I just wanted to throw that in. Sorry. Yes. Carry on. So you, let's see, um, you're... Um, I mentioned that the black moon was was conjunct Cupid. You you're pretty good with your transits with the black moon. Nothing really to to consider there. I, again, I just think you know don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Did you get to talk about Eris being in her first house? Um, no, but we can talk about that. Yeah, you have Eris um, at ten Aries, and most all of us have. Well, everyone has Eris and Aries because Eris moves really, really slowly. Um, and Uranus is um, conjunct your natal Aries right now. Uranus doesn't really – Uranus and Eris don't really affect each other all that much. Um, and that's the same The same is true of Uranus and the black moon. The Uranus will be transiting to oppose your black moon. But it, it, they really um, – it's nice because, you know, Uranus usually just hits so hard every other time. I've really never seen it um, really affect people as much as Uranus usually does. Eris in, sure. the, first, Eris in the first house being um, – you know, she's the mistress of magic, and so I would assume in your work, your healing arts, you know, you're dealing with, um, you know, as we could call it, magical energy. Oh, yeah, it feels that way. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Well, keep it up, Sean. Oh, okay. Yes, thank Shana, you thank so you. much. You're very welcome, and thank, thank you for calling in today. We appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, you know, funny thing, I just got told by the chat system that I was talking too fast. Now, how does the chat system know I'm talking too fast? I find that hysterical. <laughs> As in, I'm typing too fast. I mean, uh, who knows what's going on? I think it's funny. Um, oh. So I let's talk about this new moon because I, I just now, as I, I told you, I looked at this chart. It's really very beautiful. Um, at least from the West Coast standpoint, there's a point of a kite at the Jupiter uh, Lilith point, and uh, the the top part of the kite is you know moving uh, across Pluto and the um, Saturn position in Scorpio, and then uh, Chiron down in Pisces. So it really it really is kind of starting startling and striking here uh, in my chart. So what does it look like from the East Coast? Yeah, you know, I as your my computer just went down, so I'm going to have to oh, pull the chart back up. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe we're feeling the uh, shadow of Mer- Mercury retrograde a little early. Mercury goes into oh. the shadow of its retrograde October 1st. Yeah, that's only a few that, days away, isn't it? Yeah, and, you know, I, I Mercury retrograde annoys me so much that I tend to try and ignore the shadow <laughs> side of it <laughs> So because, you know, it extends it. And I think we're in shadow until November 28th, so no one should buy their electronics until after November 28th. Wait, if you're buying Christmas <laughs> gifts, just wait until then. Um, if you've got to have your iPhone, get it before October 1st. Um, no but, That's um, if you're <laughs> a Gemini-driven or a Mercury-driven Gemini. Yeah. 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 And sometimes um, I, th- I think they released the last one during a Mercury retrograde, and, and that just never is good. I know, I know. And uh, you know what I just noticed in this chart, Laura? 
uh, is for well, for one thing, my system doesn't like particularly that the, that I like to use the black moon, um, <laughs> and so it, it's not even recognizing it really as part of the um, the. It looks like a cardinal square is actually lining up for this new moon, and yeah. <laughs> you know we've had this kind of dogging us for gosh, two months now since the end of, you know, August by the time this new moon comes into play. So, again, we're looking at, you know, changes. Oh, my goodness. I I don't know what to tell everybody. You know, it's still continuing on. What (laughs) I'm telling everybody, what I'm telling everybody is that it's fabulous. And it it has been fabulous. (laughs) And this is the reason. It's been interesting, let's put it that way, because so much is going on for people in their lives, but in a way they're really being freed up. That's the whole key message here, I think, in that Uranus has been driving this into us, is that we're actually being freed and uh, from limiting thoughts, from relationships that aren't serving us, and uh, letting go of core wounds. The things that are deep within us are coming up so that, that we can be free. And... Um, and so these charts, when I look at them and I see this, I really realize that I'm going to get an earful from people over the next couple of weeks. Um, but in a way, it's really good because it's in our awareness that we are becoming our our authentic selves. And, uh, of course, I'm on the Authentic You Media Network, and so I love that that particular word in response to all of this energy that's going on with us. Yes, and as we approach the new moon, um, we'll be we're, we'll be coming off of the energy of Venus squaring Mars, and we've been feeling that for mm-hmm. a week, which has produced all kinds of things within interpersonal relationships and a lot of anger, and has been pressing out a lot of things. You know what? What the way that I see it is the since uh, July. Um, we've been, the summer was about processing trauma and releasing it. And for to, in order for us to be freed from our mental cage, from what's restricting consciousness, which means what restricts everything that we experience in life. And so there was purpose with that because the thing that's changed is that all of that that was released, all of that that we've been carrying was basically just, it was thrust out. It was thwarted out um, into other places. And that process of that is facilitating the fall of systems that need to fall, that are based on power and control. But in the middle right. of this, what it's doing is it frees us from frequencies of consciousness that keep us trapped and locked in. And this is what's different now. This is what these new moons at these cardinal points are doing it's a it's a rectification and that's what's going to we're we're really going to see during october during um you know during the libra month now there's because these systems are being disempowered these control systems in the world that are basically in control um because they know that it's over pretty much now i mean they've lost this you know the 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 any any forces that try to limit consciousness and actualization of of human potential have lost this this whole thing but they're going to pull out all their stops as they kind of go down with that and that's what we have to think about and this is why the heiress and the black moon themes are so important to talk about right now because I said before, in, and also with Chiron, there's two parts to all of this. While it looks like everything is coming down or it's in chaos during the month of the goddess of chaos, heiress, it is that, it may it may be that, you know, and there's a very high potential for some really um, sad events, you know, some, some terroristic type events during October. And it's there that brings chaos but remember there's the second half of that it's the reward it's the rebirth it's it's freedom right. and uranus opposes the new moon so it's going it's Even about more uranus freedom. Is, is freedom yes it's about freedom and change and and like i mentioned before um i think to to cindy it puts you where you need to be Uranus, that's what my yeah. teacher taught me about Uranus, and it's, I've always seen it to be true. Where we can't put ourselves is where we're going to be placed in our path in life. 
The Sabian symbol for the new moon is, if I remember correctly, miners emerging from from deep underground, and that's really what it oh, what it wow. is. The harvest yep, full moon. Yeah, an emergence. So the harvest new moon that we just the harvest full moon that we had. What a spectacular event! Um, it's just bringing full light to the fulfillment of desires. And the, in my opinion, the highest desire of the human collective is to be free to actualize itself. Freedom. That's that's what we want. To not be controlled by anything or to be limited in our minds. Because so there's so much outside influence there, and that's what's happening. That's the, that wish is being fulfilled. Everybody should put out there now what they want, their wishes. You know, what is what want? Do you want to be fulfilled? That's the energy that's that's working right now. The idea of freedom is and freedom from the cage, the, the cage of the mind, it, the release of it. It can be hard also because Uranus feels like lightning in the body, and it is. It produces anxiety, and it, ha- it can also make you have trouble sleeping. It's just you have to kind of roll with that because that's just part of, of what's happening. So things that come up deep from underground um, that we see, it's just that we have to look. And we can do that yeah. now because, yeah. we, you know, we aren't living in fear. We don't live like that anymore. We're clearing our vision so we can see a little further uh, with our uh, with our inner eye, as opposed to just what we could see limited by our vision, by our two eyes. So, um, you know, I, I've been telling people, and I'm sure you have too, that, you know, listening to that intuitive voice, that's the most important thing that we can really be doing here, is to be listening to that voice, because there's a cacophony of other voices that can totally distract us uh, over these next couple of weeks, for sure. Yes, and what I talk about in my work a great deal in um at orcoreport.com is about how to how to ground that, how to handle that. And there's one yeah. answer for that. There is a magical cure for it, and that's nature. We focus on nature, we shift our perspective to that world and we live in consciousness symbiotically with the planet, with with mother nature, Sophia as 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 I follow it. That's what that's yep. what keeps us grounded. And the mother energy is the heiress, is the Libra heiress energy. So, mm-hmm. so the, that nurturing and part of us, we want to get back to that, and and to not fear. As these systems come down in the world, and as we, you know, things are deteriorate, deteriorate, and that's going to happen. Really, what what remains is the structures that have been already put in place since before Chiron was discovered back in 1977. <laughs> all of this, you know, people that have been practicing in healing arts for all this time, all of that's been, that structure's been put in place. And there, that is where everyone will migrate to because that's what remains, because that's what's true and pure and based in beauty. Right. Absolutely. I agree. So um, it's very hopeful. Laura, what's next it is very hopeful, and I, I really, if everybody remembers that, that part of that, that this is hopeful, there's a hopeful message in everything that we see going on, no matter what it looks like on the surface, um, that there is a, a really big restructuring going on that really brings us to a place uh, of, of being in balance and in harmony with the world we live in, the natural world that we live in. Um but, uh, Laura, we're getting down on time here. We're about eight, nine minutes. And I want to know what's up for you now. What's coming next? Do you have another book in the works? What work are you uh, embracing right now? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am trying to transition out of my day job um, so that I can focus more on astrology and offer readings. I am doing readings now, and it's time for me to do that Um because the the information that that I look at in a chart and using these points, you know, any astrologer that's looking at Chiron, Aries, the Black Moon, it's practical information. It's it's okay. This is what's blocking you. This is what's holding back you back. This is what's unconscious. Let's work with that now. Let's bring that you know into um, into your world so that it stops ruling over you. It's about empowerment. You know, everything that I work with and that I try to um, to do with my work is to empower people because, you know, I rail against anything that just reeks of power and control. It's just what I fight against in my world. Um, You're an heiress character, aren't you? I am a little bit heiress. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> and so that and that has been like in the in the 3D physical matrix. You know, that's what, where a lot of that has been. But it's time to focus in another direction. The other project that that I'm working on, and Andrew, who um, administers the Oracle Report Facebook group. Um, I'm going to be launching a new site, and that's called uh, – I'm not going to tell the name yet. <laughs> but basically ah! – I'm not going to say. Um, but basically what that will be is, um, is a mystery school, basically, on, you know, an Internet mystery school where I teach um, other people that, um, you know, that I would recommend teach classes, you know, lectures, um, I'd like to teach astrology because I think that the more people that that know this, the better off we all are. And that's really what's happening. It's the return of the mystery schools. It's the return of the the spiritual knowledge, the wisdom. It's the return of wisdom, and that's really where things are going. So that's you know, I've just got a couple of things on the on the horizon. <laughs> just a few, just a few. Oh my goodness. Um, and so, if people wanted to get a hold of you, is it best for them to find you through OracleReport.com? Yep, they can find me there. If they want to have a um, reading listing. Yep, there's a contact there, um, the tab for contact. Just email me there mm-hmm. um, or at laura at oraclereport.com. They'll get to me either way. And mm-hmm. um, I, I enjoy it very much. Um, you know, everyone everyone has something very beautiful and unique about their chart. And the information with the black moon, um, specifically because that's basically my where I focus my specialty, I guess you'd say, Um because it can be so so helpful for people to to change their lives. See what's blocking you yes. and what you're what you're what's hidden from your view and maybe what you don't want to look at. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um in our last 5 minutes here, I there is a caller that's been on the line with us. Her name is Donna, and I thought maybe we would just take a quick look at her chart uh before we close out for the evening. Donna, are you there? Hello? Oh. Okay, maybe she's not. Uh, how about Jennifer? Jennifer, are you out there? Hello? Hello? Jennifer? Hello? Or is this Jennifer or Donna? This is Donna. Okay. Hi, Donna. Thank you Hi. for coming on. Um, <laughs> I just want uh, to, you know, real quickly have uh, Laura talk a little bit about your chart. Oh, great. Do you have her chart, Laura? I do. Yes, Donna. Yes, it's been a little bit of a rough time for you. Oh, <laughs> um, you say that again. <laughs> I'm so sorry, sweetie. The, it's the black moon. And remember what I've been saying about the black moon is that, you know, something good always comes from it. That rebirth, that regeneration comes. You have three planets conjunct in Cancer and the black moon is in cancer so it's getting ready to start um hitting those planets mars saturn and your moon um so that's that's just that's going to make your shadow more pronounced so your personal shadow you have the black moon in scorpio yes and so that is the shadow of loss it deals with um losing things it it, it makes us tend to want to rescue or save people or um swoop in and you know save mm-hmm. basically and it can the this shadow is particularly difficult because it um there's a feeling of hopelessness and despair that can come with it that can just feel like it it can feel like it spirals out of control sometimes like you're trying to stem the tide of falling under mhm Scorpio is ruled by Pluto, the the god of the underworld. Eris is the goddess of the underworld. She is his wife. Um, so, this what you want to do over the next two months while the Black Moon um, conjuncts these these planets. Um, you want to not try to um, try so hard. <laughs> Don't try so hard. Don't try to win. Don't try to succeed. Don't um, you're going to want to watch your tongue, what you say, because anger kind of can come up with this. You aren't going to want to try to make any big plans or structures. Don't try to make big decisions about your life for the next couple months if you can avoid that. And I'm talking about major life changes, you know, major life decisions, because you're under a, a, an intense birthing period. Okay, you're in labor basically. You, you know, you're it's Jupiter is already beginning to hit those planets. The black moon will be next. So 
Remember what I said about um, if you. I hope you heard earlier. Rest when you feel like you you're just are being taken down. Go down. Rest. Sleep. And the black moon works on the unconscious levels and it changes the energetic body. So follow your body and don't you know try to um, you know think about loss as um, in a different way. I guess is the main way. Well, actually, you know, I think I've lost just about everything I could possibly lose. Mm-hmm. And I don't, um, Where I, I, I've i lost probably the most precious thing in my life, which was my only child. Mm-hmm. So, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, um, ladies, I'm going to stop you here for one second and just take the time to tell people we're going to be able to continue talking with Donna for a few moments here. We're going to probably go off air in the next 30 seconds, however. Um, So I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Living Astrology Radio Show with my guest, Laura Walker from oraclereport.com. And, uh, Laura, I want you to go ahead and finish with Donna, and we'll just go into – it'll still record, so you can still hear this back, but it won't be live anymore in 30 seconds, okay? Okay. All right. I'm so sorry, Donna. When when was this the loss? Um, my son died in 2007, um, and after that, then I really lost my business because of the economy, mm-hmm. and um, I had to file bankrupt. Uh, lost my home. Lost my mom. So my whole life has changed in the last since. 2007. Well, yes, my goodness. And um, I, f- I do feel like I'm on an upswing, but you know, it's it's been a it's been a long um, it's been a long few years, actually, or six years, I guess. Um, so I was hoping that, but you, but you're seeing that the next two months are going to be kind of difficult as well. Is that right? Laura. Pardon Laura? me? Hello? Uh, I'm just, Laura, are you still there? Oh, no, Donna? Yes, hi. Okay, I think we lost Laura off the line. Um, oh. I don't hear her, and uh, we lost Laura. Okay, I'm going to ask the producer, can she get back in? If she calls back... Okay, in the, so so essentially, from from what I heard her say, that the next couple of months may be a little tricky, yeah. And that's just because of the energy moving through Cancer, and because you know at the earlier part of the show we were talking about how the cardinal T square, which becomes a cardinal square at the new moon, throws a lot of emphasis in that uh, what was the empty spot, which is Cancer. And so please just, you know, take care of yourself, Donna, through this time. Nurture. That's a a really good um, mother yourself. Take care of yourself in this. Um, The the house that all of this is happening in, of course, is the 11th house, which to me, uh, I look at the 11th house as the house of vision, like – the bigger picture. Who is it that you want to be out in the in the world? Who who do you who are you? Right. Mm-hmm. And um, taking a look at all of the goals or the, your aspirations and working from that standpoint to empower yourself over these next couple of months. And once the black moon gets through, uh, you know, passing over those planets, and I, I think she said a couple of months, and it looks like that's about what I see too. You're you're in the clear for a little while, and you'll have come through something that really um, stands to make you feel uh, so much better about where you are in your life right now. Oh, good. Yeah, and um, if you let's see, Donna, I believe you contacted me via email. Would you, would you be okay if I sent your email on to Laura? Because she may have wanted to say something else to you that she didn't get to. Oh, that that would, would be you wonderful. Mind if I yes, thank you. Okay. Um, so just, I, I will pass that on to her because I feel bad that she got cut off somehow and uh, probably can't get back in because technically the show's off air right now. Yeah. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for uh, waiting and, and being able to uh, talk to us about some of this. Uh, um, I'm really grateful you, for that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and when you do talk to Laura, I, I'll send her a couple notes too because I, I can see that you have planets coming up to the natal position of your black moon, which is also going to trigger some interesting things for you, um, particularly when Saturn gets there, which won't be until later in 2014. Uh, but it's always nice to be prepared ahead of time for things that are coming up. Yes. That's the part I like about astrology, being oh, aware yeah. of what's going on. I wish I understood more right. about it, but it, it is fascinating for me. Yeah, it is. It and is. Thank you so much for tuning in and being a listener. I will pass your email on, like I said, to Laura, and I wish you the best of luck, sweetie. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, and have a good evening, everybody. And again, if you're still with me, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Have a stellar week. Thank you for joining us today on Living Astrology. You can reach Janet for readings at www.living-astrology.com or by email at janet at living-astrology.com. Do you have questions about how astrology works or questions about your own chart? Send them to me at dearastro at living-astrology.com. One show each month will be dedicated to answering your questions. Goodbye for now and have a stellar week. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.